My name's Alex Johnson. I work for South Yorkshire Fire Service as the Chief Fire Officer. I've been in the fire service 29 years and I started with Derbyshire in 1992. I'm Kaz Whiteman. I've been in the fire service for just over 12 years. I'm an operational watch manager at Aston Park Fire Station. Hi, my name's Kirsty Wright. I'm an operational watch manager at Burley Fire Station for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. I've been in the fire service for 14 years now. I'm Helena Rook. I'm from Penniston Fire Station. I'm an on-call firefighter and I've been in the service two and a half years. And, 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 and I'm going to hold time. <laughs> there and welcome to a very special episode of Shout, the official podcast for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. I'm Jack and I've been joined by the four voices that you've just heard. Chief Fire Officer Alex Johnson, Watch Managers Kaz Whiteman and Kirsty Wright and Firefighter Helena Rook. Together they have around 50 years worth of experience in the fire service and I sat down with them ahead of International Women's Day to explore some of the old myths and stereotypes that still exist. So to get us started, I'm going to come straight to the chief, Alex. You joined service 30 years ago now. What was it like back then for a woman coming into what was an extremely male-dominated world? So I'm thinking, what did your colleagues think? What did the public think? And importantly, what what did your family think? Um, I think it was very different sort of nearly 30 years ago to what it is now. Uh, I mean, I had some men that said women shouldn't be in the job, that they didn't want to work with a woman, um, you know, that women weren't strong enough, that fire service wasn't a place for women. That was a minority of people, but that made it quite hard. That minority made it tough for me. Um, so that it was, it was quite tough to start with. The public were always really surprised when I got off a fire engine. They'd sort of say, oh, you know, it's a woman, a woman fireman or a woman fire person. And so the, the public was surprised because we there were so few of us. There was only well, 1% women firefighters then. Um, as for my family, they were just extremely proud. Um, and I'd been brought up to believe I could be whatever I wanted to be. Um, but certainly some members of the family sort of further away were like, do you really want to do that? It's dangerous. Um, but generally speaking, no, my family have always just been really proud of what I've done. Thanks, Alex. So how does that relate to your experiences then, Kaz and, and Kirsty, given it was over 10 years ago you joined us as well? Um, yeah, I think um, I've probably had quite a, a different um, experience to Alex from sort of when, when we first started sort of 12, 14 years ago, um, in that there was quite a few more females already in the job. Um, there was still a few sort of dinosaurs, I was going to like to call them, that, you know, were still of that same mindset um, that, you know, women can't do the job, they shouldn't be in the job. Um, but generally, as a whole, I think that mindset had, had slightly changed um, to sort of accept that that women, you know, that they could do the job. Yeah, I don't know what you found, Kirsty. Um, yeah, I would say similar to you. I know when I joined, there was another female on my watch. So 
I wasn't completely on my own, but uh, obviously all women are different, aren't we? So it's not just because they put two women together. Um, we are very different. And I still found that we were massively underrepresented. Um, I always, I didn't have any negative uh, want to, you know, direct behavior towards myself from my fellow colleagues or uh, officer in charge at the time. Um, I've had a pretty positive experience within the fire service. Um, family and friends wise, they've been nothing but supportive really. Can't complain. And lastly then, what about you, Helena, as someone's joined more recently? I mean, it's good to hear Kirsty's experience has been more positive, but have things changed since Alex joined perhaps, or are people still shocked to see you coming off a fire engine? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've had any negative experiences uh, with colleagues. Um, there's been an odd once or twice when um, I've been out in public and people have made comments and said, you know, you'd never be able to lift a man out of a building, you'd never be able to get me out, and typical comments like that. Um, but yeah, never from colleagues. I think we still get that surprise of it's a woman all the time, even though it's widely accepted that there are, you know, female firefighters, it's still a shock factor for people to, 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 see, a, to see a woman um, uh, on a fire engine, whether it's driving or, or sat in the back. You can literally see people in their cars looking up and mouthing to other people, oh, look, there's a woman, and sort of pointing. Um, I think that's still very much the case. And in terms of being an officer in charge as well, turning up to an incident, and the um, owners of buildings or, or, or businesses um, wanting to speak to the uh, men or sort of migrating towards the men that are on the fire engine with you, even though you're in charge of that incident and of that, of that appliance, the, the public sort of always sort of migrate towards, towards the, the men, um, which, I mean, I've got a fantastic watch um, and they'll be quite adamant. If you want to speak to the gaffer, she's right there. Um, and sort of, because I think it, it you know, they, they see the effect that that has on, on me and, and us, us as women and, you know, they're really supportive in trying to stop that. I think that's a really important point you make there, Kaz, and I'm quite keen to explore more about that kind of unconscious bias and how it makes you feel. And, um, I mean, similarly, I think for the benefit of the public who may be listening to this, just from a fire service incident command perspective, an officer in charge, an officer in charge... Right. I mean, that's that's regardless of whether it is male or or female. Yeah, because officers in charge have had the same training, whatever gender they are, and they have to go through the same stringent assessments. You know, they do the same exams, they go through the same interview processes. So anybody wearing any rank and, and being in charge of an appliance or, you know, a bigger incident has earned the right to be there. Uh, and it's really disappointing that people feel they need to talk to a man um, because you know we've got some outstanding women that are holding rank and taking charge of incidents. Yeah definitely I think I just find it more frustrating than, than, than anything. Um, I don't necessarily blame people for the you know for the, the that's sort of, you know obviously how they've been brought you know their backgrounds and things like that so it's trying to sort of you know just be obviously professional in, in you know in, in the way that you you know that you tell them that you're in charge but 
yeah, I wouldn't say it's a nice feeling. It's uh, it is. It's frustrating when, as the chief says, you've you've done all the training, you've passed all your exams, um, and and you are as well trained, if not you know with more experience than others. Um, but they still go to those. Uh, but it really helps having a supportive watch behind you. Don't matter you, Kirsty, what you thought. Yeah, I think now uh, I had it only recently, but it that's now becoming a, a mind dealing with people in the in the public is becoming now more as an, an acceptance that they're understanding that women can be in charge I find that quite regularly there is an assumption that it will be a man but once um, you're visible then it's a lot they're, they're a lot more accepting but we should never be in a position where we need that acceptance it should just be the norm and it's it's not the norm also when you're in full fire kit and I understand at first it is difficult to, you know, your hair's tied back. You've got your, your helmet on your head tied back. It is difficult to see if you're a man or a woman. And quite often there's that, you can see the surprise element, but um, which is always funny to, to see. But for me, I think, like Kaz was saying, it will be a better day when it's not that shock factor or that novelty. It's almost like a novelty. Uh and not a minority on a pump. I want to see more women working together. And I think a few years ago, Kazmi, you and uh, Nick Hallett were on the same pump, wasn't we? Yeah. And it was like such a, it was such a good day, wasn't it? That we yeah. got three women and, yeah, and then it was... the male firefighter was, that was fun because he kind of knew what it felt like to be, you know, oh, the only like male sex on the uh, fire engine. That was fun. That yeah. was good fun. It was, he, he literally, you know, we sat there doing the, the sort of start shift checks and he sort of looked round and he was like, oh, I, well, I've never been in the minority before and, oh, I don't really know how I should act. But like, and, and you should act the same as you act every day because we are just <laughs> at work like we are every day. But yeah, I think it was a little bit eye-opening for him to, to sort of, to, to see how it's, how it is to be the only, um, the only person on the pump of, of you know, it's a different gender. And to have that feeling every day and it be the norm that we are the only woman on a watch on the majority of times, on a fire engine majority of the times, but it, it, we're just so used to it now. You know what, I see the change though. If, if you roll back 20 years, I wouldn't have been able to get four women that are operational to do this because they would have all been on station not wanting to you know step out and say actually I'm proud of being a woman and you know it's great to be with other women and I just think it you know it shows how far we've moved that we can we actually you know in our service we have to decide who's going to do these videos because there's so many people want to take part and that that just shows the strength um that we have and and that you know women are seeing that supporting each other and you know being in the fire service you know reaching out for those networks is really important and I think that's a real positive of how we've moved forward. Yeah, I think that's definitely changed since 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 I joined. There was definitely a feeling of being involved in in sort of women's groups and women's networks um, was sort of seen as, um, as as you stepping outside of your sort of watch mentality. But, you know, through women in the fire service, going down to the training weekends with, you know, other members of, of, the, of the service and meeting other women, 
it, I think that's been really empowering for a lot of people. And I think the reason that we have got a good sort of active network now is is because of the, those those type of events and that change in mindset. So again, I'm I'm really interested in what you've said there, Kirsty and Kaz around sort of being the only females on a watch. I mean, what do you think, Helena, from the perspective of someone who two to three years ago was on a course with probably over 10 people? I mean, did you have a similar experience to what's just been described or was yours something different? Uh, yeah, so I was the only female on my training course and it was pretty daunting and... Yeah, I really enjoyed it, though. Um, and, you know, I think there's the assumption of because you're the female, you're going to be the weakest one in the group, in the recruits. And that wasn't the case. Um, you know, I definitely sort of leveled the playing field. It, I wasn't weaker than anybody. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that I was the strongest one in the team, of course, but still, I, I, yeah, I was sort of middle of the room. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, and I absolutely looked. I absolutely love the training and I'd do it over and over again. It's just, it's really enjoyable. And yeah, more women should join because it's just fantastic. I think as well, when you talk of weakness in the fire service, people automatically go to strength as the weakness. And yet we do so much more than physical stuff. And, you know, there, there are men that are stronger than me. There are men that are weaker than me physically and there are some that you know emotionally don't have the same strengths that I have or you know problem solving are better than me and and that's the thing with the fire service if if we were all exactly the same we wouldn't be a very good team would we you know it's about having those different strengths and and different you know thought processes and problem solving and I think people always just automatically default to you know strength as being the main issue and yet there's lots of other you know qualities that firefighters need to have to be good firefighters and we all you know the four women in this room will have different physical abilities different academic abilities different you know problem solving abilities so that's really important to recognize this there's more to being a firefighter than just strength yeah absolutely I've been commented on my strength in the past um you know you need to get stronger you need to work harder you need to manage your casualty handling and things like that and um you know I've only got so long arms and but we all manage in different ways you find a way to manage that skill and it's not all down to strength yeah, I couldn't agree with more with you on that 100%. I, for me, the, I think with regards to strength, you can build on your strength physically. But the strengths that we're talking about is, you know, types of strength. Some, with some people, if you've either you've got it or you haven't as such, and you can't, they're like a learned behaviour or a trait that it doesn't come natural to people. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm the strongest on my watch. I mean, personally, I don't need to be anymore now because I'm the one that I'm sending, I'm instructing people into burning buildings or to lift a ladder or that kind of thing. But the strength that I hold as a, in my traits as a person, I, I know I've developed them over my career within the fire service. So I, I would say that I am quite empathetic as a person. You don't get that naturally. Not everybody has that skill that quality and that's about knowing who you are but knowing your team and getting to know them and and then you use that skill and that strength on the fire ground if you go to an incident I went to an incident last week and I used my firefighters they 
gained entry to the property. And unfortunately, there was a deceased person inside. I was the one that told the family member that was outside waiting that their family member passed away. Now, that would be a, not, not everybody's comfortable in doing that. They want the kudos of being a firefighter for the strength, that kind of uh, skill. But there are skills that we as women are naturally very good at. Um, and that we use to our advantage. And, and that for me is one, if I can make a situation a lot he easier for somebody, um, then I'll do whatever I can with that. So use your best skill and attribute in a team when you read that circumstance. That's what I believe anyway. I think that's a really powerful example. And I think it illustrates that firefighting is such a varied and diverse career now. I mean, Clearly, physical strength is important, but there's lots more to the job than just the heavy lifting. I mean, and that's a compliment to the profession, surely. Now, I'm in my role now. The, you know, the chances of me actually going to an incident because they actually need me are, you know, very remote. Um, but mine, but I've spent the last year, I mean, I suppose you talk about mental resilience. I've spent the last year helping chair the local resilience forum, the response to COVID, working with partners, which has been, you know, to start with, it was seven days a week. So there's different sort of strengths that you need to be able to do that. But physically, you know, I mean, still have to keep myself reasonably fit because it's been pretty tiring over the past 12 months, you know, doing that all the time. Um, and there's different, you know, you go back to the strength versus fitness, you know, somebody can be really strong and lift heavy weights, but I might be able to run out 10 more lengths of hose than them because aerobically I'm better as well. So, you know, but my, my actual job is very limited physically, you know, now it's, it's more about that mental resilience and strength and planning and, you know, making decisions. I think Kirsty touched a little bit on it earlier about as a team, you know, you've all got different characteristics within your team. So although every operational firefighter has got the strength and the fitness by virtue of them having got in and uh, maintained that during their operational career. Um, so sort of everybody is on that minimum level of, of what they need. And then, yes, you will have some people who are a hell of a lot stronger than others. And you'll have other people that are uh, a really good sort of uh, analytical thinkers. And, you know, or some people are really good communicators and you, just, you play to your strength. So, you know, if we've got, a, I don't know, for instance, an RTC where there's people trapped inside um, and, you know, we might have to do some some cutting and, you know, sometimes you're, you're lifting things at funny angles. Um, and so, you know, you might detail your stronger people to do that specific task and you might do detail your people who you deem to have better communication skills to be the one to administer in the casualty care and talking to, um, you know, talking to people, talking to families and things. So I think that emphasis constantly on... This, on this strength element of being a firefighter is, is it's really misguided. And it's probably one of the biggest barriers that I've sort of seen to, to women to think that they can do this job. And if they saw what we did on a daily basis, then they would absolutely see that this is a job for them, that, you know, if they can meet those standards that are set, then they, they would bring a, a hell of a lot to, to any team that they joined. The thing is, this goes back to when, 
children are at nursery and at school and you know I went into the early learning centre before lockdown and they got two rows of dress-up clothes and one had got all the pink princess clothes and it said girls dress up and on the other one was police builder firefighter outfit and it said boys dress up so straight away from the age of you know two three girls are told that this is a job for boys and you know when you think when you say to children you know what do you want to be when you grow up they want to be a vet I want to be a nurse I want to be a firefighter but if teachers are using the terminology such as firemen and clothes you know kids dress up clothes are being put into genders that only a girl can do this and only a boy can do that by the time people start looking for a career they've already discounted being a firefighter because they've grown up hearing firemen 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 and so obviously as a woman you can't be that um so it's it's a huge barrier to you know and and with that comes this thing again about strength so they're missing a huge opportunity to be in the best job in the world because of how they've been sort of brought up that's it i think there's the assumption as well that firefighters just attend house fires uh, or premise fires and they're always going to be pulling people out of buildings and people don't see the bigger picture that we attend so many different incidents it's not just fires we're not just pulling heavy people out of buildings um you know we're attending all sorts of different stuff and it's it's not just strength um and yeah we can carry hose and go for longer and you know we might work twice the amount of time than other people and things like that um doing arduous work but it's not necessarily all strength it is aerobic like you said um yeah people just have the assumption it's just house fires and it, it's not yeah, and there's the wider picture to what we do as well, not, not just responding to incidents, like, you know, and we do so much prevention and protection work, which has meant the number of incidents that we go to has dropped quite dramatically. So that means that we're doing other works, you know, community fire safety, um, business safety. We're doing so much more than just going to incidents. Um, and I think that, you know, when people look at this as a career, that's a really important thing to, to realise that it's not just, you know, as Helena said, not just going into the into fires constantly. I wish it was, because that's the best, I think that's the best part of the job. But, you know, it's not because we're doing so much work around keeping people safe, getting smoke alarms and alerting people early that, they're, that, they're ha that they've got a fire, that they're, you know, they're generally out of buildings by the time we get there. So it has become... Um, you know, a different job from, from when I joined in terms of what we're doing on a daily basis. On that note then, I think it's a really good time to move on to some myth busting. So we get lots of comments on social media, but there's one thing in particular that the Chief has already alluded to, and that's the fireman debate. So people ask us the question, why does it matter? You know, people say it's political correctness gone mad, but I know it matters. And we've already spoken about the way children can get influenced at a young age. So from your perspectives, then laying it out on the table, why does it matter that people use that term? And, and should it be ditched now once and for all? It's inaccurate. It, you know, the, the term fireman. We have men that are firefighters, we have women that are firefighters, we have people that, you know, identify themselves in, in other ways. Um, it's sloppy journalism, you know, it's, it's just a 
something that people use they can't be bothered to change it but I just think it you know it undermines the hard work that women have done to get into the service because this isn't an easy job to get into you've got to be the best of the best to join the fire service Um, and we have the best of the best so why shouldn't they be recognized as firefighters it doesn't hurt anybody it doesn't hurt men using the term firefighter Um, and I think the ones that really that it really bothers are those dinosaurs that Kaz referred to earlier and that just generally still don't agree with women in the job. Well, you know what? We're here. We're here to say, you know, we're now leading fire and rescue services. Um, And it just, it's, it's taken away the opportunity for young girls in the future to see firefighting as a career for them. And that's, that's not right. End of soapbox. (laughs) but it's right though and that's why we're so passionate about it is because we see the difference that it makes and you know when gender stereotypes uh, are formed in children's minds when they're sort of five six years six years old and they're they're you know they're deciding what roles are for who and you know terminology using the word fireman then that implies that firefighters are men by you by that terminology so if you're talking to a child who's constantly hearing that then they form that gender role of a firefighter a firefighter is a job a fireman is a job for a man um, and you know they don't distinguish between the two terminologies um, and and you know that once that that seed's been set it's it's in there it's you know it's really hard to to, to get rid of it and you know, it, you could argue it's not just the terminology, it's it's how as a society we treat, we treat children. And as the Chief's already said, you know, male uh, boys' toys, girls' toys, clothes, you know, we, we split them into separate sections. In shops, they're on separate floors. You know, if you go to Hamleys in London, there's a boys' toy and the girls' toy floor of, and you know, why are they any different to each other? Why should one gender play with one toy and not another? And I think... You know, it's not just the just the terminology fireman that it just adds to that constant gender stereotyping that that we sort of impress on on children from from birth. You know, from from the clothes we buy them to the toys we let them play with to the terminology we use. I think it's part of a sort of wider societal um, responsibility, I guess, to to you know to make that change to to empower these young people to to, to do whatever they want to do. End of my soapbox. Okay, so you've got you've got little girls. I have, yeah. Um, I asked you to do this question, Kaz, because I said that you'd be better at articulating a reply to the mine. Because the term fireman is such a gender-specific job title. This isn't a gender-specific role that we are. We've we've covered what women can bring as an attribute to to the to the job as what a man can bring to a job and it's just a role that we fulfill as a man or a woman we are firefighters and we it's a very archaic way of referring to what we are now uh, my girls know that i'm a firefighter my oldest girl actually thinks i'm the top dog so uh, chief just you be careful <laughs> <laughs> i think it would it they now know they know and understand what I do for a living. And um, having two little girls, one doesn't want to be a firefighter and one does, and that's great. They've made their own mind up independently 
without it being a term that they're referring to, that they have been brought up to have that uh, misconception that that's, they can't do that because it's a fireman's, you know, uh, role. I just think it needs to stop. So that's one myth busted, and I think we've got time for a few more. So most people will have seen that our colleagues at London Fire Brigade posted a photo last year of an all-female firefighting crew. One of the comments on that Facebook post intrigued me, and that was a man asking if that crew could pitch a 13.5-metre ladder. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd like to rock up to the house and just show them, the four of us, you know, that it, it, it is, like you say, that you, we shouldn't need to celebrate those things, but we're still in a, in a time where they, they are still milestones for, 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 for us as women and for, for different brigades, you know, to, to, to have all female, um, all female crews. I think it's definitely something we should, we should celebrate and hopefully it will become more, you know, of a, of a, of a norm. But yeah, some of the posts um, on, on, the, on the picture you're referring to were, were, were horrendous. And I think that LFB's response to those was brilliant. Um, they, you know, they made a video with the with the females that were on that pump, and they sort of read them some of the comments. And I and I think they were, you know, they were brilliant in, in how they answered those um, professionally, but but to the point because it get, it gets to a stage where it's not funny anymore. Like it's not got any comedy value to you know any of these comments. Um, uh, it just becomes frustrating, and I think they just answered them really well and sort of shut them down. Um, which is something that um, I've definitely see, seen uh, your department, Jack, do a lot of um, in, in, in recent years of, um, of not ignoring comments, but shutting them down, um, especially on social media, which me and, and, and for some of the other people in the minority groups means so much uh, because in, in effect, anybody can, can sort of, I don't know, change the flag on a logo to represent, a, you know, a certain month uh, but actually having the conviction to stand up for those members of staff from those minority groups, like for me, that makes such a massive difference. I think the he for she agenda is really important and, and not just for women in the fire service, but for women, um, you know, for the, the number of ways that women are treated badly across the world. And I think men standing up for, you know, and speaking out for women is really important. It's impactful because it starts to... Um, undermine the power of these, you know, these clickbait, these, you know, vile people that make such horrible comments when men turn around and say, actually, no, they're really good firefighters or they're really good police officers or engineers, whatever it is that people sort of say, you know, women shouldn't be doing. Um, So I think that's good. And going back to, you know, women pitching 135 ladders, 13.5 metres ladders, when we hold the Women's Training Development Weekend at the Fire Service College, there is 250 women there. Um, So that's all there is to when we do the practical scenarios. And you have people like Kirsty and Kaz taking charge of multi-pump incidents and all the crews of women. So they do the BA, they do the search and rescue, they lift the ladders, they put the ladders up, they run out the hose. So it is only women and they work brilliantly together. So yes, they definitely can. So let's cover off the last one then. Myth number three, a woman couldn't lift a 250 pound man out of a burning building. What do you make of that one? What, what weight did you say? 250 odd pounds. That's 18 stone. 
So nobody can, you know, pick 18 stone upon their own and nor would you want to. For while, the of that while wearing BA as well. Yeah, while you're wearing BA. And if somebody's unconscious, they're going to feel a lot heavier than 18 stones. And, you know, they, they slip and slide. They're really hard to do. So that's why we have teams. That's why we have teams. And to carry somebody of that weight, you would probably need four people to get that person out. Yeah, and it's not just... Again, it goes back to this old stereotyping of a fireman's lift, throwing someone over your shoulder. Um, and, you know, I take my hat off to, to, to people who joined when, when Alex joined. Um, they, they used to do that as part of their training. They used to do live carry downs and they used to have to carry the other firefighters on their courses down ladders um, over their shoulder. Um, but, you know, that's not something that we do anymore. It's not, it's not the way that we work. We work in teams and we don't lift people up. We tend to pull them because it's better on our you know, better our musculoskeletal system. And there's, you know, we're so much further forwards now in, in, in advancements in technologies and ways of thinking and our understanding of the human body and best ways of doing things that that old notion that we need to throw an 18 stone person over our shoulder and carry them is just not the way we do things anymore. And smoke rises. So you don't want a casualty where your head is. You want them on the floor. But it wouldn't matter what we said as an argument today. We're never, never going to win this argument when it comes to men being or or women stuck in in that mindset. I know for the um, what you've done, Jack, with regards to the video, I, it was myself and uh, another female firefighter at Burley that we've been filmed uh, masking up for BA. That comes out of uh, the the building with the casualty as a fireman's lift to show that I can do it. And one of the lads just said. Daffa, why are you even doing that? You wouldn't do that. And, and I said, no, I wouldn't because it's not in my role anymore. But I want to show that as a watch manager, I have the ability to still do this because otherwise I'd not win the argument. As a nearly 40-year-old woman, I am still physically able and capable of bringing a uh, casualty out of a building with that technique, even though I wouldn't have to do it. And we wouldn't do it that way, almost to prove myself. At, at what point are we as women not having to prove ourselves to these dinosaurs, these people so narrow-minded? Um, but still, I still did it just because the, for me as a watch manager, I want to lead. I want to show my firefighters, recruits, probationaries, males, females, that if I can do it, then I want others to be able to do it with me. So that's why I did that. But I did that to prove something to myself and to my colleagues, not to some member of the public that doesn't understand the role. I think you hit on a really, a really important thing there, Kirsty, with uh, about the um, sort of internal pressures that women put on themselves, um, certainly through all the sort of you know events that we've done and spoke to people from every brigade in the country. And it seems like that's a really common thing that women feel like have to perform better than their male counterparts doing exactly the same job. Um, Eleanor, I don't know if you've, you've, you've seen that with obviously been, you know, recent, recently, and if it's still, you know, you still feel that's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you go on incidents and you feel like, you know, I'll be one of the first people to jump off the pump generally because I'm very, very keen on things, but I want to get in there. I want to get involved and I'm wanting to prove myself all the time because you are, you are made to think, you know, oh, she can't do it. She won't be able to do it. And actually, no, I'll be the first person to 
go up a ladder and get on a roof if necessary or you know do whatever it is at that incident and, and get stuck in and get involved um yeah you do constantly feel like you have to go 110 percent to show your worth i think sometimes that's pressure we put on ourselves and actually some people around us may not be thinking you've got to do more to prove yourself but because of maybe one person that's either knocked our confidence or you know not respected us as they should that you then think you've got to behave you know you've got to be superwoman in front of everybody to show so we put ourselves under pressure that we don't always need to um and and when you get a really good group of people around you that'll say actually you're doing great you don't need to you know, be the first to do this and the last to finish and the, you know, the one that's run out the most hose or whatever it may be. So I think there is a, an element of self-imposed pressure that we put on ourselves. Yeah, I think you're right then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I can speak personally. I think I've been a really powerful and insightful 35 minutes. Thank you all for coming on and thank you for giving such good, honest answers. All that remains is a quick fire round. So Three questions each, fairly quick answers, and we will start with the chief. Proudest career moment to date? Um, getting my long service medal and my family being there. One characteristic that makes for a great firefighter, male or female? Um, been able to use your initiative. And what would you say to somebody who is considering applying for a job with us? Do it. It is the best job in the world. Every day is different and they've got a great chief. <laughs> no, it's the best job in the world. Um, thoroughly recommend it. I'm nearly 30 years in and I still love coming to work every day. Excellent. Kaz, proudest career moment to date? Um, receiving my chief fire officer's commendation uh, for saving a man's life. Um, and he actually was there at the ceremony. One characteristic that makes for a great firefighter, male or female? Communication. And what would you say to somebody considering joining? Do it. Absolutely do it. Um, it sounds like a cliche, but it really is the best job in the world. I don't think you'll meet a firefighter who disagrees with that. Um, Yes, so put all your uh, preconceptions to one side and uh, come give it a go. Fantastic. Helena? Okay, so proudest career moment? Yesterday, getting whole time. <laughs> uh, one skill, um, good for a firefighter. Definitely agree with the previous two comments, but also kindness. I think that's quite important. Um, and then... Someone considering joining? Hell yeah, do it. Just get on a course, get doing it, get training, get in. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Kirsty? Okay, go for it. Proudest career moment to date? Um, just being an operational watch manager. Um, I've got nothing on the chief. I'm only in charge of 20 staff, but to still be riding a fire engine, to being in charge of a fire engine and being in charge of so many staff I'm, I'm being good at it you know I think I'm alright at it yeah you are <laughs> one characteristic that makes for a great firefighter empathy and then what would you say to somebody considering 
joining either on call or hold time? Um, trusting yourself and believing yourself. I had an opportunity to um, go on a uh, an awareness day first because I didn't think I'd have the um, attributes or, or ability to to do that role and I just trusted myself I went with the process and I've never looked back so take a leap of faith and that is us so thank you for listening please like please share please subscribe and please let us know what you think hopefully everybody's enjoyed that discussion as much as I have I think it's been really really insightful um, and I've really enjoyed the, the last 45 minutes so thank you all for taking part and thank you for listening <laughs>